0: welcome to the complete leader podcast giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their world now here's your host dale dixon
1: episode 134 building resilience for challenging times welcome to the complete leader podcast i'm your host dale dixon along with ron price ron always good to be with you
0: it's good to be with you again dale
1: So, this is a two part conversation that we're working through. And for folks who are listening, uh, thank you. Hopefully, you have found us on your favorite podcast app. Be sure and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And we'll let you know that uh, there is a video version of this podcast as well. So, if you'd like to watch, it's uh, easy to do at thecompleteleader.org, the website to find all of this content and information. So, you can listen to us on the drive. The information is so good. You might want to just get back and pop the video open when you get into an office or get home in the evening and watch and take a few notes uh, as as we did during the last episode talking about how to build resilience in key areas of our life. I'm going to go through those key areas one more time, Ron, because we talked about physical strength. We talked about emotional strength. We talked about intellectual strength, spiritual strength, and financial strength as areas, the five areas where we want to build resilience. And you cautioned us last time that we don't want to try to build resilience in all of those areas because we need this ebb and flow of stress and recovery. So today, uh, you promised to give us some suggestions for building resilience in each of those dimensions.
0: Yeah, and I can't help but think of some of my experiences trying to get into better physical shape Dale, I can remember Um, Oftentimes, for instance, if I go to the gym and go through a weightlifting routine, I feel so good that I finally got myself up and got motivated and I go there and I I just get going. And I've learned over time that if I just let my motivation carry me along there, the next day or the day after that, I'm going to be really sore because I will have overdone it. So I wanna caution everybody that we, this is a marathon, not a sprint. You build resilience over time. So one of the biggest reasons I think that we fall short when we set resolutions or we say, well, I'm gonna do a new thing is that we bite off too much too quick. We get a negative result. Instead of feeling stronger, we end up feeling weaker and we get discouraged and we quit. So it's better to start slow and to build gradually than it is to just jump in and do something fast. At least I think that's the way it is for most people. And because of that, I think of let's let's pick one of these five areas that you think would be best for you to work on. And let's think about how you can build your resilience there. Maybe do it for a month or two months and then come back and revisit and decide, do I want to pick another one right now? We know that when you're trying to grow yourself that to be intentional in growing, there are three keys to success. The first is to be clear about where you want to grow. The better definition you can have of what you want to actually do or how you want to grow, the greater chance you have of success. This is the power in writing down goals. It's not that there's something magical in writing, is that the, it, writing something down forces you to develop more clarity. The second step to success in being intentional is you have to be able to maintain focus. You have to be able to hold on to that over time and not get distracted. So how am I going to maintain my focus in this area that I want to build resilience? And the third key to being successful with your intentions around some area of growth is finding some way of measuring. So I think some people would say to be accountable to your goal, but I actually like the word measurement better. And because of the way that we interact with our apps these days or the way that we are able to measure things these days, a lot of us have found measuring or collecting data about our behaviors is a great way of keeping us on course. So clarity, focus, and measurement in the way that you build your resilience is really the key to making progress and holding on to it over time.
1: People might be struggling and, and I am, where do we even start?
0: Yeah, well, again, we in the last conversation, we talked about why don't you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 for these five different areas of resilience and then pick the one that you'd like to grow your score. It, it may already be a high score, but you wanna grow it higher. It may be your lowest score, but pick one of the five areas. So do you want to grow your resilience physically? Do you want to grow your resilience emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, or financially? I will say that investing in any one of those five will help you to grow your resilience overall because they tend to be interconnected with each other. But if you try to do too many at once, it's like trying too rigorous of a workout the first time, and you can end up with frustration and disappointment. So I think it'd be great for us to think about how we develop each of those, so that as we consider it, we can say, okay, which is the one that I want to work on, and how could I go about working on it?
1: And and during the last episode, uh, for folks, just the the quick reminder, you talked about this working on it, and includes stress or pain. Um, and then a time of recovery. So you equate it with when I go to the gym, I'm stressing a muscle. That stress, uh, it does, the muscle doesn't get strong because of the stress. It gets strong because of the recovery following the stress. It builds back stronger. So I can, I can see that happening in, in physical the physical sense. I can see it happening um, in the financial sense, uh, set back and coming back stronger and using that as motivation to save and and budget. Um, I can see even emotional pain. But let's, what does intellectual and spiritual pain look like? What do those stresses look like in our lives and the recovery aspect?
0: Yeah. And I think that may be why we often don't think about Building resilience intellectually or spiritually is because the identification of pain is not as obvious. You know, we are wonderful at responding to acute pain. When we have an acute pain, we want to get that thing fixed. And we will, we will go sit in a doctor's office for half an hour, or we will take a medicine that they want us to take because the acute pain is very motivating to us. Chronic pain, we tend to learn how to just put up with we just tolerate it. A lot of times we forget that we even have it because we've become so tolerant of it. And a lot of times the nature of intellectual or spiritual pain or lack of resilience is something that's more chronic. It doesn't often, or if it is acute, it's only acute in short bursts. So first let's take a look at, for instance, um, intellectual resilience. It, It really involves or combines critical thinking Critical thinking is about how we think objectively about things. It involves the development of our conscience, our ability to discern or recognize right from wrong, good from bad. You know, we weren't born with that. That's something that we develop over a lifetime. And it relates to our intentionality of focus. So where where am I with my thinking every day? I I think of some of the great um, motivators of personal growth in past generations uh, you can Ralph Waldo Emerson, or you can look at uh, Earl Nightingale, who was a, a famous radio personality from Chicago back in the 50s and 60s. They all said, we become what we think about all day long. So a part of intellectual resilience is what are you thinking about? And in doing that, are you doing it critically? Are you doing it with observation, with objectivity, with um analysis, and then how are you developing your conscience? How are you growing your sense of conscience? That's another topic maybe we'll talk about another time. I've been spending a lot of time myself reflecting on where does conscience come from? Where does our sense of right and wrong, good and bad come from? And how can we be more intentional with it? So these are examples of how you build intellectual resiliences by developing skills in these areas. When you think about spiritual resilience or spiritual strength, it really represents the depth of identification with an intrinsic or a transcendent purpose. It's the extent to which you feel that you're here for something that transcends just your physical needs or your physical wants, but something that's bigger than that. It doesn't ignore your physical needs. It goes beyond them. It transcends them. So it expresses itself in how you answer the question, Did the way I live my life today make a difference? If I think about my beliefs and what I value, was today a day worth living? That's actually a reminder that I send myself every day because I I want to be able to look back and say that each day counts for something. And did I make it count for something that I'm happy about, that I'm grateful for? when I get to the end of each day. So that's part of how I think of spiritual resilience. How many days do you just get through without a sense of purpose? How many days do you do your work and sort of lose sight of a bigger purpose? That would be a lack of spiritual resilience. And the more that you can identify with that sense of purpose of what's the best version of myself and what makes it a day worth living for me, the more power it gives you spiritually for facing the hardships, for for bouncing back from difficulties, for having strength. What I think one of the most wonderful things that I think uh, I experience on the good days is to get at the end of the day and feel that your tank is not completely empty. Mm -hmm. To get to the end of the day and feel like, you know what? I had enough strength to get through this day plus some. There's a book I read years ago that a lot of times with books, there's just one theme that really sits with me. I can't, it might've been 20 years ago, I wrote this, I I read this book called Margin. And the whole idea of the book is that we should live our lives so that we always have something left over. Because then when unique opportunities come up, we don't have an empty well. We've got something that we can give to something that we hadn't anticipated or planned for. So that's what I think about when I think about intellectual and spiritual resilience.
1: So let's, let's dive in and, and give a quick version of how do we build strength in each of these areas. So let's start with, well, let's start with the physical side.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go through these fairly quickly, Dale, but as a reminder, these are different areas where we build habits and habits are a set of activities that we repeat often so often that they become natural for us that we don't have to think about it. It becomes just second nature. That's when you know you have a habit is when it's harder not to do it than it is to do it. So physical resilience, um, there are really six areas that I think of for physical resilience. One is rest. Uh, As I get older, I recognize its importance more and more. When I was a young man full of vigor, um, I, I, I would work Some days, so that I only got four, four and a half or five hours of sleep. And I would say, well, I'm just built differently. We have a mutual friend, Evans Bayou, who who still sometimes does that. And I keep saying to him, you're deceiving yourself, brother, that we know there's enough science now that we know that seven to eight hours for an adult is necessary for you to get the kind of rest that really restores yourself physically, as well as other ways. So it begins with good rest. And I love that we can now collect statistics. Um, I have, you and I both use something called an aura ring that's an activity tracker, but it's even a a better sleep tracker. It actually measures our sleep at three different levels so that we can tell how much REM sleep we're getting. We can tell how much light sleep we're getting and we can tell how much deep sleep we're getting. The, The deep sleep is where our body does most of its healing the REM sleep is where our mind is working at problem solving and laying down memories. We understand so much about rest now that we, we should be valuing it more than we ever have. So that's number one. Number two is diet. What are you putting into your body? You know, the old adage, junk in, junk out. You, you, the quality of what you put into your body and most people say, well, it's too complicated and everybody has their different diets. I, for 11 years, I traveled the world talking to people about physical resilience, Dale. And everywhere I went in the world, I would read off a list of items and I would ask them, is that a good part of a good diet or part of a bad diet? And so I would say things like fresh vegetables. I would say fresh fruit. I would say Snickers bar. Um, And and it was amazing to me that 90% of the things that we put in our body that I would mention people audiences around the world knew if they were good or bad. There were some that they would say, oh, I don't quite know, but most of them, it's pretty clear whether it's good for you or not so good for you. But then I would ask them to write down what they had for dinner last night and to compare that against the list of good and bad. And I discovered there's a difference between what we know and what we do. (laughs) So diet, you can't get around it, diet has an impact. And unfortunately, Although I don't think it's true 100% of the time, literally, but in general, foods that are packaged are not going to be as good for you as foods that are fresh or that have not been preserved in some way with ingredients. So it doesn't mean that I never, ever eat anything that's packaged, but I try to minimize that. Matter of fact, my rule is 90% of my diet is all stuff that I know is good for me and nourishing and no more than 10% is something that's not good. Next, exercise. And we talked last time about cardio and weight-bearing, two different kinds of exercise, rhythm, habits. All these are habits. Next is hydration. We're over 70% water. So if you're replacing that water regularly, and the rule of thumb is eight to 10 glasses a day, or if you really wanna get specific, you can say half of your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, that means 100 ounces a day. Unfortunately, when we try to replace water with coffee, we go the wrong direction. If you're gonna drink something that's dehydrating like coffee, then it means you have to drink even more water to make up for what you did there. By the way, alcohol is also dehydrating. And then what other kinds of care do you have that are important? If, uh, an important part of your physical resilience? So it might be medication. It might be uh, some kind of supplementation, but what other things are important part? I didn't use to include this on my list, but I developed a very severe case of asthma about 10 years ago now. And I have one medication that I take the lowest dose possible, but that's critical to my physical resilience. If I don't, if I don't comply with what the instructions are for that medication, I'm going to start having difficulty breathing. So I've included medication where it's appropriate as well. And then last of all, it's good stress management. And so stress management is about understanding sources of stress and learning how to manage around them. We do that in organizations. We look at seven different sources of stress and how we can help minimize that stress and then help people learn how to cope with that stress. So these are all the physical things. I probably spent too long on that.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something just because I have learned this the hard way and I'm still learning this lesson, but under other kinds of care, it's getting into a health professional on a regular basis because they have insights and knowledge that will help you be healthier. And to say, I don't need to go to the doctor. I don't need to get the checkup. I don't need to have the test. Whatever it is um, does not help. The health. So yeah. getting in as, as far as other kinds of care and consistency, I, I'm speaking from personal experience and I'm preaching to myself on that one because it's easy to put that stuff off.
0: That's a great point.
1: So we, um, during the most recent podcast, we talked about emotional, you broke down uh, emotional resilience for us. So um, I'll let you just give a brief overview of that, but to dive in deep, like you took us through the physical, um, go to the most recent podcast.
0: Yeah. And, and with emotional resilience, I think it really can be captured in the term emotional intelligence, which a lot of people know that term, but don't necessarily know what all it includes. So maybe that's another conversation where we go deeper into it, but there are five components that I think of around emotional intelligence. The first is self-awareness, being aware of what your emotions are, The second, self-regulation. How well do I manage negative emotions or impulses or moods? The third is motivation. How much positive emotion do I have and how do I nurture that? The fourth one is understanding other people's emotions. We uh, refer to that as social awareness. So am I properly understanding and reading other people's emotions and what impact those emotions have on me? And then the fifth one is social regulation or how I work with other people's emotions so that together we get more accomplished and we help each other to overcome difficulties. So that those are ways that you build resilience emotional.
1: Intellectual is next on our list.
0: Yeah, so we, we talked a little bit about this earlier when we talked about pain. So I think building intellectual resilience begins with uh, replacing judgment with curiosity. It's something to think about. But instead of always making judgments about this or that, or this person or that person, if we become more curious, we're actually developing more resilience. And in our book, Growing Influence, we refer to this as keeping logic in front of emotion, not letting emotion get in front of logic. Next, it's learning, thinking of learning as, as intellectual nutrition. Just as I talked about what you put into your body has a big impact on your physical well-being. What you put into your mind has a big impact on your intellectual well-being. So um, in a way you can think of all of those things that we relate to in physical resilience and relate them to intellectual resilience in some way. Third is I, I believe the, a big important part of intellectual resilience is the development of conscience. And I think that you can easily overlap that into spiritual resilience, but the development of conscience is an, a very important intellectual component. And a number of ways you can get it, but one is by reading uh, great books around conscience, books that tell stories of people overcoming evil, books that tell stories of people choosing good, choosing the right versus the wrong, of um, changing their behaviors that they know are inappropriate, reading the great wisdom literature. Those are all examples of how you can develop conscience, but also reflecting and journaling and sharing with other people are ways to build conscience, getting to know other people's experience. And then um, that naturally leads me to the question of, so what are you reading? What's the quality of what you're reading? I, as a kid, I loved to read comics and believe it or not, comics often had some conscience building in them because they were battles between good and evil. But what are you reading today? And who or what, or what are you listening to? Are you developing better better critical thinking skills? One of the big problems, and I'm gonna be a little bit controversial here, Dale, but one of the big problems with politics in America today is that we tend to listen to people who reinforce our beliefs and who tap into our outrage about people who believe differently from us. And it doesn't really build intellectual resilience. It tends to weaken our critical thinking skills. It tends to make us more narrow-minded, more myopic, and I think it hurts us intellectually. So we have to spread out. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that you should listen to the other side. I'm saying, get beyond the current controversies that exist and read about bigger issues that transcend politics, that transcend our current events, and that are more of the human journey, more of the human odyssey or the human adventure. And then ask yourself the question, how strong is my ability to think objectively without being controlled by my emotions or other people's emotions? Can I slow down and again, trade judgment for curiosity and wanting to learn more? These are all ways that I believe we build more intellectual resilience.
1: I think to a quote, and I don't know who said it, Intelligence is the ability to hold two competing ideas in one's mind at the same time.
0: That's a great statement. I really love that statement. It's worth pondering.
1: <laughs> so, uh, and I, I use that as a challenge to myself on a regular basis. Can I, can I you know, and in your point, can I look at two sides? How do I really uh, think about the context of, of what's going on? How about spiritual resilience?
0: yeah, so on a basic level, this is about how we connect our activities and our thinking and relationships to a greater sense of purpose. How relevant can we make the things that we're going through every day in relationship to our greater sense of why we're here? And it can also be built through creative expression or increasing our awareness and enjoyment of beauty and harmony and design. These are these all have an impact on us spiritually. And for me, it includes the the faith component, which is how do I invest myself in prayer and in worship and thanksgiving and journaling and acts of service. These are all things that feed our spiritual resilience, and uh, they're really wonderful. Uh, They they are, I think, what give me some of the greatest enjoyment of life. And that brings us to financial. So... um, I can make that really quick with financial. I I think of a common friend of ours, Bill Russell, who's the Dean of the School of Business at Northwest Nazarene University in Nampa, Idaho. Um, Bill has been a great student of John Wesley who founded Methodism. And and Bill really has fashioned his whole life uh, uh, when it comes to financial resilience around three pieces of advice that John Wesley gave. The first was earn more, make more money. The second piece of advice was save more. In other words, don't spend all that you earn, keep setting some apart. I wish I had appreciated that more when I was younger. Oh. I, I'm really grateful. Some of my children do appreciate it at a younger age and I know that they're going to benefit a lot from that. And then the third thing that he said is give more away. So earn more, save more and give more away. That really is the secret now included in that is budgeting. and. Uh, delayed gratification and avoiding debt. All of those things are included in that, but that's how you build financial resilience. And having achieved a certain level of financial resilience in my life now after going through some really tough, tough times, I can't tell you what a joy it is to have financial resilience. It's just a wonderful experience to go through.
1: It removes a little bit of stress.
0: It sure does. And it, that's why I say these are all intertwined. They all affect each other. How you're feeling physically, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and financially, it's all tied together. So if you work on any one of them, you will be improving your overall resilience.
1: Ron, you've given us a lot to think about.
0: Yeah, you know, the good thing is that there's so many different ways that we can increase our resilience. So uh, we don't have to do it all. Just pick one and let's start getting stronger today.
1: Any final thoughts for us?
0: Yeah, you know, Dale, um, I don't know why we get attracted to quotes, but there are three different quotes that really strike me when it comes to resilience. First was Winston Churchill. It's a long story. I'm not going to tell it, but he gave them maybe the shortest graduation speech ever when he got up and said, never quit, never quit, never quit, never quit. And then he sat down. That was his speech. (laughs) That was about resilience. And we know him today. He's famous today because he never quit, because he persevered. Thomas Edison, one of the great inventors of mankind, said that genius is really 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. So keep on keeping on. And then, of course, the great wise philosopher Woody Allen said 99% of success is just showing up. This is what resilience is all about.
1: Hmm. Yeah. How many times have I uh, taken that quote from my own, especially from parenting? Just show up. It's so yes, important. That's right.
0: that's right. And we should give ourselves a pat on the back every day when we show up because you can't win if you don't show up.
1: Absolutely. Ron Price, the, uh, the book is The Complete Leader. You're also the author of Growing Influence. I can see it over your shoulder. So that's another great book for folks to pick up. And uh, the, there are so many resources available on your leadership journey, and you'll find them at thecompleteleader.org. Over 700 resources to be exact. Uh, this video as well will be part of the library. And you can learn more about Ron at price associates.com. Contact Ron via email, Ron at price-associates.com. While you're out and about online, fingers on the keyboard. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast. We would definitely appreciate that. It makes it easier to find for people looking for podcast information. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Complete Leader Podcast. Everything you need to become a high-performing leader.
0: Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online at thecompleteleader.org.